Yes, I was supposed to be things, not sins, uh, that we're speaking above where, uh, where Christ is. Uh, uh, many things uh, distract us, but, uh, but much more to focus on when we think of our, of our Lord uh, Jesus. Welcome uh, all of you to, uh, to RUF. We're, we're glad you're here. If it's your first time, we're especially uh, glad that you're here with us. Wanna, uh, wanna welcome you, uh, to, uh, to be here. RUF is, is here to, uh, reach out, uh, to the campus with the gospel and reach out to college students in Tallahassee. Uh, we say we want to welcome you whether you're a Christian or you're not a Christian. Uh, if you're not sure if you're a Christian, uh, if you're not sure if you would want to be a Christian. Uh, we're, we're glad that you're here. We, we would invite you to come uh, as, we, uh, as we open up uh, uh, the Word. If this is something that you have interest in, hearing what the Bible says uh, and the claims that Jesus makes, even if you're still asking a lot of questions about that or find yourself disagreeing with it, uh, we're glad for you to be uh, with us tonight. Um, we, uh, we don't think we have it all together uh, here in RUF. It's pretty obvious if you get to know very many of us, or if you get to know me very much at all, um, don't have it together. Um, and that's exactly the reason that we're here. Um, not because we have it together, uh, but because we're in need of Jesus, in need of his grace, uh, of his mercy, of him continuing to love us uh, despite and through our mistakes. Uh, and that's what the gospel teaches us in Christ, that he's come uh, to cover those sins and to assure us of God's love. Uh, and, um, so this semester we're, uh, we're looking at the book of, of uh, Philippians and talking about the theme of, of contentment. A lot of times we experience a lot of uh, discontentment, but Scripture calls us to something different. It doesn't leave, leave us complaining, but neither does it leave us just kind of complacent with the way things are. Uh, but a deep underlying uh, contentment and joy that Paul uh, speaks about in this, uh, in this letter uh, again and again as he's writing uh, to this church in Philippi and encouraging them in the joy of the gospel. We're hoping that we'll learn something of those things too as we, uh, as we look to Jesus in it. Uh, if you have your announcement sheets on the back side of that, you've got the passage printed out for you. Uh, a couple points to, uh, points to the sermon if you're someone who likes to... Uh, Pay attention to the order or outline of things. <laughs> um, but if you have your bubbles, or there's, there's a few over there, uh, otherwise, um, we'd like to uh, <clears throat> read from the Word from uh, Philippians chapter 1. Uh, we'll start reading with the last, uh, what is it, the last five words of verse 18, but maybe that starts a paragraph there and read through uh, 26. Um, Philippians chapter 1, uh, beginning verse 18, then. Hear the Word of God. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all, not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am to live in the flesh. That means fruitful labor for me. Now which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you have, may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Contentment is, is a strange thing. 
And, and, and gospel contentment is a very strange thing. I mean, it, it, makes, some, it makes sense uh, on, a, on a day when someone's, like, things are going well for them, that they're happy. Right? They, you know, woke up, the right song was playing, uh, you know, you got a good grade on the exam, uh, whatever, and friends are around and things go well, it makes sense to be happy then. And, you know, when someone's frustrated uh, and upset or even down, uh, even mean on a bad day, that makes sense. Right? But when someone's joyful and in a good mood and, uh, and friendly and caring on a bad day, like a really rotten day, it just kind of doesn't make sense. That's a strange thing. Right? Like when that's going on, you're like, what's, what's going on, right? If you, uh, uh, if you woke up late for your class, and then it was raining, and you tripped as you were going to class, and you, like, fell into the water, and then you get to class, and your professor just, like, reams you out. You have to take a test, and it wasn't on the stuff that you thought it was going to be on. You feel like you didn't do any well, very well. You get a call from, from home. We've got to get, bring family and parents into it, right? And, like, the family dog died, and, like, ah, oh, you know. And, like, uh, then you're, you're trying to call, call back, you know, because you dropped the call in the middle of this, and you're, you realize your cell phone battery is, is dead, you can't find your charger, your roommate's got it all covered, like everything's just going bad, right? And like if you were joyful in that moment, like I'm not saying those things wouldn't matter, they wouldn't bother you, but, but they would still like, it would be weird to in that moment say, yes, and I will rejoice, all right? <laughs> contentment's a strange thing. A gospel contentment's a very uh, strange thing. And so this passage especially uh, is, <clears throat> it is strange. Because it's showing us gospel contentment, I think, in, in full relief, right? In, in high definition, uh, 3D graphics with stereo surround sound. Like, you're, you're getting uh, the picture of, 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 of gospel uh, contentment. Because it's not just kind of a good day or a bad day thing that, that Paul is experiencing, right? He goes on to talk about it, you realize life and death is kind of hanging in the balance, Right? This is the scenario that he's in. Uh, usually when we think of those kind of things, uh, you know, life and, life and death scenario tends to be like really dramatic. Like lots of emotion. All kind of movies are built around the plot of your concern for the main characters and are they, are they going to make it or someone attacking them? Are they going to be rescued? Like, are they going to die? Well, what's happening? Right? All the drama built into this. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> or uh, have you all seen the movie, uh, how many hours is it? 127 hours? Right? I haven't seen it, but I, I've seen an interview with a guy uh, um, who was, the movie was made about. This rock climber, a uh, mountaineer who was uh, out climbing kind of a remote area and by himself, and uh, he got, his arm got trapped underneath a boulder, uh, right? And he was stuck there. Uh, couldn't, couldn't get in touch with anyone, couldn't call anyone, uh, couldn't, couldn't do anything. Stuck there for 127 hours. I don't know how many days that is, like several, several days, several days. Um, and you, you watch the movie, even hearing the guy's story, like, that's emotional. Because the whole time what you're looking at is, is he going to live, is he going to die? Because life and death was hanging in the balance for him. Would have been pretty weird if that guy was out there just going like, you know what, I'm not sure whether I should live or whether I should die, but I'm, I'm joyful in this moment of how this is going. Right? It's a strange thing. A strange thing you see in Paul here. He's, he's not saying that, uh, <coughs> that bad things aren't bad, but still, he's, he's saying that he's rejoicing here. Um, and he's looking at death uh, 
That's in life. It's what hangs in the balance, right? I think of like the old, uh, you know, the posters from the old west, or at least in the western movies, right? You got like the wanted, dead or alive, right? And someone's face underneath that. Um, I, I picture this as like contented, dead or alive, and you got Paul's face underneath that. And you're like, this is different. What, what's going on here? If I saw my face under one of those signs, I'd be really nervous. And Paul, like, is content in his picture there. Um, Right, Paul in his life and death scenario says, yes, and I, I will rejoice. So what we've got to ask is, what makes him so strange? Why is he, why is he saying that? Why is that what he feels uh, in this moment? What makes him content? And you, you can hear in the language of it and how he's talking to this church at Philippi, people who he uh, has ministered to and loves and has a relationship with, that he just kind of opens up his mind to them. He lets them hear his heart uh, and, his, and his struggle in it uh, for, them to, for them to hear how he thought, for them to learn from his perspective, and for us to learn on his perspective uh, what, what makes him strange like this, where this contentment maybe comes from. Uh, it's a strange contentment that can face, face either life or death um, in contentment with joy. Maybe you're looking at it and you go like, but is that even a good thing? Uh, you know, what, what, what are we to think about this? Where does it come from? Is it, is it something that we're able to experience too? Is it something that we can have a, have a share in that kind of peace? Um, now one sense, right, it's true. You could, you could die any day, get run over by a bus as you're on the way to class. So, I mean, it is a, it is a pressing question, though. Anytime that, that death is short, we never know. Life is short, we never know when death is, is coming. But... Uh, but I also want to put it to you this way. If, if contentment is able to handle the test of all tests, uh, of facing life or, or death, and still with a solidity and a, and a, uh, and a peace, a place to stand on, um, if it's able to handle that in the full life-death drama, it's also to hand, able to handle the good days and the bad days, and the ups and the downs and the swings of life. So where does this strange contentment come from? How does it work? Right, what's going on in this passage? We'll look at three different, uh, three different sides of it. And the first one uh, is deliverance. Right? Uh, Paul says, he says, I rejoice and I will rejoice. And he goes on to tell us why. And he says the reason he's rejoicing is because these things are going to turn out for his deliverance. He can even say for his salvation. Right? So what he's experiencing is actually the means of of his rescue. That's the, uh, that's the way he's looking at it right now. The scenario here is that Paul is, uh, is he's imprisoned under guard um, in, in Roman uh, custody. He's been uh, in prison for, for more, than, uh, more than two years, starting in Jerusalem, taking various places, and, and then uh, for a length of time uh, in Rome, awaiting trial under the emperor's court for the proclamation of the gospel. Um, and uh, he's responding to the church at Philippi's concern because they've heard these things that have happened to Paul uh, and they've, they've sent someone from their church to go help him supply uh, some of his needs and they're, they're concerned for Paul for what's going on with him, for how the gospel uh, is going and, and Paul's responding to them. Um, and the passage we looked at last week, he, he responds to say as they're concerned for the work of the gospel, the gospel's still advancing. Even while Paul's uh, imprisoned, uh, what he says is the gospel is still progressing and moving forward even through those things. Who's the church that often knows Paul? They care about him. They're concerned for his welfare. 
And he goes on to say, yeah, in that area as well. Uh, he, he's rejoicing. He's content. Uh, but what he's telling them is that he's actually being rescued through this. This is how his rescue is taking place, right? If you care for Paul and he's in prison, you're like, man, we want to see that guy get rescued. He's like, that's what's happening. All of this is turning out for my deliverance, my rescue, uh, my salvation, right? We love to hear, uh, hear rescue uh, stories, uh, stories of deliverance uh, and such. I don't know if y'all saw uh, on the news or, or later clips of it on YouTube or something in the past uh, week or two. I forget what it was. Karen showed it to me. This was a motorcycle loader that was uh, uh, crashed with a car trapped underneath of it. And the car was burning. Um, and these people uh, come, they realize he's under there, and, and all these people come over and like lift up the car, like eight or nine of them around his car, lift it up and drag the guy out from underneath the car. Um, and, and the guy's like in the hospital recovering and doing all right and like wanting to thank these people that have been rescued, right? You see a story like that and you're, I mean, you're moved. Um, you're overcome seeing, seeing what, what could have happened. Uh, and, and, and then what did happen? How he got out of it? The deliverance there. I don't whatever different stories, whether uh, <coughs> a flooding that we, uh, of uh, rescue that we hear, flooding but the boat comes, someone who's sick on the deathbed but recovers, or, or whatever. Or even just like on the small things of, of it was raining and someone was walking without an umbrella and then someone nice like came up and, and rescued them and let them walk under their umbrella, right? It's like... That's a good moment. I'm, I'm glad to see that. Right? We, we like to see uh, some kind of rescue. Um, when you're reading this or hearing what Paul uh, says here, you're going, okay, it'll, he says it's going to turn out for good. It's going to turn out for his rescue. Okay, what, what's going on there? Uh, this is a good thing. And, and then you read a little bit further, and then you hear him say, whether by life or death. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What just happened? You're going to be rescued whether by life or, or death. We're on the same page. What's, what's going on here? Uh, I thought you were talking about rescue. At least we have to say this, right? This is not your typical rescue story. Um, although, for looking at it in, a, in, the, in the mindset of the rest of, of Scripture uh, in the Gospel, um, right, in the very fullness of the Gospel in Christ, rescue and salvation is accomplished how? to the execution of the king. Um, that, that's how our rescue comes. I think that's exactly what shaped uh, Paul's view of his situation. We have, a, we have a rescue story of deliverance. It might end in life or it might end in death. But either way, Paul says, this is how God's taking care of me and saving me uh, through this. So we might say, like, okay, well, that's good for Paul, but uh, I'll take the kind of rescue where I get pulled out and everything's all right. Is this really deliverance? Um, look at the way, uh, way Paul talks about it here. I think it's a very full deliverance. There's two things that he says that I think show the, show the deep uh, impact of it, right? Sometimes you might be rescued from something, say a scandal or whatever, and you're, you're gotten out of it, but still somehow your reputation is, is ruined. It's not the same as it goes forward. Or, or if you're rescued from a hurricane or some such disaster, you might, might lose your home. You might not have a, have a livelihood and work and, and job to come to, depending on what all was uh, ruined through it. Um, and this rescue is something that preserves both Paul's uh, person and his, and his purpose as he talks about it. There's two phrases uh, here. And he says he's not at all ashamed in terms of uh, who he is, his person, but also that, uh, that Christ is, is honored and magnified in his body. It's Paul's work. But he's he's per- personally rescued. That's one thing to be uh, ashamed, to feel like you've just 
done something foolish and other people have found out about it and you just kind of feel kind of weird and awkward and you'd rather hide and, 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 and get away somewhere. Um, that, that's kind of interpersonal uh, <coughs> reputation or something. Paul's concerned with something much greater, the, the real question of like personal worth at all. Because that's what we're starting to feel a little bit with, with shame. We can feel that way on small things and just feel like, if I can't do that, like, am, am I worth it to these people and what, what good am I? But that's a question that's really only answered on a much bigger scale uh, of life. It's a question that's ultimately answered by God, of, of how God sees us and whether God approves us. But it, it's the maker of the universe. Uh, considers you valuable and of, and of worth, and then you have meaning. Uh, you have value. Um, if he were to reject us, on the other hand, there's, there's no greater rejection, uh, no deeper uh, shame. And this is the way Paul's speaking when he says, uh, it's my eager hope and expectation that I will, I will not at all be, be ashamed. Um, not just of feeling foolish in something, but, but having a confidence of, of, of God's of valuing in Him and the Gospel through Christ, right? You can, uh, he quotes Isaiah uh, 28, 16 and, and a few other places. He quotes at the end of Romans 9, again in, in uh, Romans 10, um, uh, that the stone that's been laid in Zion, speaking of Christ, and it says, whoever believes in Him will by no means be put to shame. This is the way Paul's looking at it. Right, if Christ is what we're, we're built on, if Christ is our Savior, if Christ is our substitute and the one who is providing for us, uh, leading us and saving us, he says, I'm confident that I will not at all be ashamed um, because whoever believes in Jesus will by no means uh, be put to shame. That's where we find our value. His significance is tied up in Christ. And none of these things are able to shake it, not life or death. Another thing he says is that... Uh, uh, he is full courage. Now, as always, Christ will be honored uh, in his body, or Christ will be uh, magnified in his, in his body. Right? His, his life work is successful. He's devoted his life to serving Christ uh, in the gospel, by uh, extending the call of the gospel to, to, to people out further and further away, trusting, turning them, calling them to turn uh, from trusting anything else and look to, look to Jesus. So Paul ends in death. Like if, how's that going to work out? Um, if it's, if it's death coming, would that, would that end Paul's work? So it's contrary. This is extending it. Right? Christ would be more fully known through what happens to Paul, however God decides to work that out. Um, he's confident that God is working his purposes. Oh, these things are going to turn out for his deliverance. Also. Um, maybe you're still thinking, all right, that's not much of a deliverance, not the rescue come that I'm hoping for or looking for. It does even though just on the on the scale of history, um, history kind of bears those words out. Right? Um, Paul still has a, still has quite a reputation today. Like how many people from uh, you know from uh, from you know two thousand ish years ago can you just say like their first name and you know <laughs> and a common first name and you know who you're talking about in certain contexts, right? Um, Paul. Oh yeah, I got a friend down the street. He's, he's got quite a quite a reputation still from from what's come. Um, not at all put to shame. More than that, in terms of in terms of God's view of him and what that would be. Paul's work certainly continued. Uh, God, Christ was glorified, honored, magnified in his body. I, I think a lot of people have heard about Jesus uh, by now, not just through Paul, but certainly through Paul. 
Um, even through Paul's death later, uh, Christ is magnified. But even with this uh, gospel rescue story perspective, where does this contentment come from? Right? It's, it's not just Paul's kind of confident, closed-mindedness, uh, but rather he's, he's looking to God. Right? The first thing he says, yes, I know, I will, yes, and I will rejoice. Why? So I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus, this will turn out for my deliverance. It's not like, this is a rough situation, but I'm Paul. God, I got this. Right? He's asking for their prayers for him and trusting in God's provision. It's still outside of himself that he's looking at the God's work because it's there that he's able to rest secure. That what God does, he'll be content with. That God is doing right and glorifying Christ, which is his goal. And then as we see him go on, uh, you see maybe even his indecision, right? Uh, but you see there's this, this choice, this decision that he has to make. That's our second point. Uh, I see in verse 21 to 24, um, decision. Paul's, Paul's talking about decision. He says, he says, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. He even says, I'm hard-pressed between the two. I mean, I'm in straits. I'm not sure which way, which way I'm going to go on this. It's a really difficult decision. But it's a decision between life and death that he's talking about. Right? Like, Paul, let me just help you out here. <laughs> this is the direction you, you, you want to go. But no, why is he, why is he letting them in on this? Why is he, why is he telling them this? Right, we, we make a lot of decisions every day. I make different decisions. Some of them are pretty easy. Some are difficult. Um, decide whether you're going to eat at Sewanee or fresh fruit or go down to the cafeteria or bring your food with you or whatever it might be. Um, whether you're going to go to class or just sleep in. I mean, it's a rainy day today already, right? Um, later, in, you know, later in the evening, decide whether to go to bed or, or keep hanging out because there's more stuff going on, right? There's all these things you got to side about, but the, but the most important choices are the choices that have the biggest impact, right? Uh, not where you eat or when you, when you sleep, but, but have a bigger impact, like what, what college you're going to go to. Right? Some of you wrestled through that one not for a while. Some of you are still wrestling through the question of what career you're going to go into, uh, what major, where, that, where that's going to take you. Um, maybe who to date or even more, uh, who to marry, where to live, and, and on and on. Uh, and the decision that Paul's wrestling with is, uh, is to live or, or die, right? Um, and that kind of takes the cake of having the biggest impact, right? That's the big question. Uh, some, some decisions that we make are pretty easy to choose, and some of them are, some are difficult for various different reasons. But, um, but if, if you notice this, that like some of the hardest decisions to make are actually between like two different good choices. Like if it's, if it's a bad thing and a good thing, then it's like, all right. Take, take this one, right? Um, but, uh, but if you're having to choose between two different uh, good choices, I mean, should I have cake or should I have ice cream? Hmm, those sound delicious, right? It's both a choice. Can I, can I do that? Uh, where, do, where do we go? Um, if you're at Moe's later on, we love to, we always can hang out at Moe's, can hang out at Moe's afterwards. Um, if you're at Moe's, like, do I want to get the burrito? I want to get the tacos. Hmm. Because they're so yummy, tacos are a little cheap. This is two good things. How are you? Know? And then they're going to ask you, what do you really want? And there's like, going to be like people behind you, so you'll have to choose. But that can be, a, can be a hard decision because it's good choices, right? When you're choosing between two different good things, uh, it's hard. And Paul says he's, he's hard-pressed between these two things. And the reason 
because they're both appealing to him. Because they're both good. Paul looks at life and death as both are good choices. He says to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right? Not because he doesn't uh, realize the impact of either. Very important decision. Um, but how can this be? Right? Paul just suicidal. Everything's gotten to him and he's tired of all this. Yeah. Well, what's happening? Um, well, let's look at that. First he says to, to die uh, is gain. We'll talk about how he talks about death uh, first. And unless you realize though, as he talks about uh, dying being gain, it's not coming out of any discontentment with life. Sometimes you'll be like, oh, these things are frustrating. That just seems like the way to go. It's not coming out of a discontentment with life. Um, but also what you notice that he doesn't just say, one of the options is death, and, yeah, that would still be all right. Um, he, he's a lot stronger. To die is, is gain, right? Uh, right? When you're making a decision, you're kind of like weighing the pros and the cons, like how's it lay out here? Uh, he says to die is gain. Then he says that's far better. It's like the scales are weighed heavier uh, in that direction in terms of personal benefit here. Now, let me be clear, uh, death is a great evil. Um, it's a horrible tragedy, and all of Scripture uh, affirms that, right? In fact, death only exists because of the fall and sin. When God created the world and called it good, uh, there, wasn't, there wasn't any, any death. Um, but, uh, but also the way Paul's looking at it is in terms of the gospel. In terms of this, if there's one who's gone through death and, and still lives, uh, still lives uh, in his body. Christ is victorious over death. Uh, he's been raised from it, right? Death came as a punishment of sin. Right? Romans talks about that, the wages of sin, the, the, uh, the, the, what it brings, uh, what it deserves is, is death. death. Death was brought as a, as a punishment of sin, but Christ has taken on that punishment, uh, for those who believe in him, they would not be ashamed. Uh, for those in him, there's, there's victory over death. There's resurrection on the other side. There's life all the way through it. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, uh, Paul describes it saying, death, is, death itself is swallowed up in victory. Uh, because Christ is raised and we have confidence of being raised uh, with him. He says there's loss of sin. There's, there's a sting there. There's a pain of it. There's a, there's a fear of it. Uh, but in Christ, uh, that sting uh, is lost. For, for Paul and for the believer, death means getting to be with Christ. That's the way, Jesus, that's the way Paul says it, right? For, for me to depart is to be with Christ, and that's far better. Right? This is his longing, is to be uh, with Jesus. Um, it really does uh, bring uh, our... our um, our deliverance and rescue and salvation that we get to, we get to be uh, with Christ. There's life after death and, and not just like a spiritual floating around existence uh, somehow, but there will be a new earth and a new city um, uh, forever in God's presence, right? This new uh, Jerusalem, the way Revelation describes it. Um, Paul, as he looks about it, he isn't just saying it's all right. He's saying death is gain. Uh, death is rescue. Death is me getting to be with God and experiencing a closeness with Christ. No longer the struggle uh, of these things. But still, he also says to, to live is Christ. Hard pressed uh, between these two. The other side of the scale is still weighty. And again, it's not coming out of any discontentment with death. Uh, he's not saying... Listen, life is, is freedom, it's exploration, it's, it's enjoyment. This is my time and this is all I have and I have to do what I can to make the most of it. Um, right? 
This isn't all. But he still says to live as Christ. Maybe not in the first way that, that I'd put it, that we tend to put it. Um, but, it but in Paul's mind, that's what it is. It's, just, it's an experience of union uh, with Jesus, which will even carry over into death. Uh, but being connected to Christ now is what he says makes, uh, makes life meaningful. Serving Christ is his goal uh, and purpose that he finds fulfilling and worth it. And even suffering, uh, Paul will say a little bit later in the letter, is a, is a sharing in Christ. Sharing in the suffering Christ. Uh, to live is Christ uh, to Paul. Everything about life is caught up for him in who Jesus is as Lord and Savior. Hard pressed in this decision. There's, there's all the gain, the personal uh, benefit of being with Christ in, in death, and yet still life is, is Christ. How can he not long for, for these things? It's still uh, good. So what is it that tips the scales toward life in Paul's, in Paul's mind? As he goes on, you're looking at the passage. He ends up saying that he's convinced he'll, he'll stay with him. What is it that tips the scales towards, towards life? And it's, not, it's not discontent with either option. It's actually a contentment in both. Um, but I think this is it's really beautiful for us. Um, what tips the, the scales toward life uh, is his Love and service for others. Right? So if he continues, there'll be fruitful labor for him in the gospel. That's good. Uh, and then he says, it's more necessary on their account. And he, he's concerned for them and their benefit uh, in the gospel. That's what leans him uh, that way. Right? It's, a, it's a sacrificial thing to go on living in order to give for others. That's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful conception for how to be, how to be living life and what we should be about uh, in it. Sacrificially giving ourselves for others. Uh, death would be the selfish choice for Paul. Uh, Paul wants them to know his deep love for them. But as he desires Christ, even living is also Christ. And that he gets to share that uh, with them. Paul's contented, dead or alive. He wants the Philippians to be content whether he lives or whether he dies. So from deliverance and decision, uh, lastly we'll speak of duty, verses 25 and 26. And really already began to touch on this, but to, to say a little bit more. And, and here we, to say duty, um, really probably because I just felt like I should have three Ds, which really isn't that helpful, but so we have it. Um, duty, not in the sense of a role that's, uh, that's just required but not enjoyed. Right, uh, which sometimes how we think of it, but rather is that is that act of love and service that's joyfully given for others. Um, again, a very beautiful and encouraging uh, picture to it. It's not some kind of stale responsibility. Um, I'm still comfortable using duty because I think this is the way that we should see all of our duties before God, all of our responsibilities. It's not simply that we're kind of stuck and confined, kind of laboring until we can be done. Uh, but we should be energetically for God's pleasure and for other benefit, uh, others' benefit engaged in what we're doing. I mean, how do you look at the things that are required of you? You've got schoolwork, tests and papers, quizzes uh, coming up, things you've got to read. And you have jobs as well, employers that are, that are over you. Uh, you even have responsibilities towards your family. Um, if you're going to be friends with people, 
you've got responsibility towards them. If you're going to still care for them, there's needs that they have for you to move toward and, and help and show love and care about them. And we look at those things. There's a, there's a duty here. But Paul's not expecting this trial in Rome to end in a guilty verdict. Um, he's, he's expressed the confidence now already before this that he's, he's confident for, it to, for the gospel to go forward, but also for it to be uh, approved. Um, but his hope is, is not just that. His hope is that he'll have more time to love others as things go forward. I like to finally get away and go on that cruise vacation. I had to retire somewhere in the Caribbean or, or whatever. Um, he, he loves them and wants to be with them, wants to, wants to help them uh, for their progress and joy uh, in the gospel, he says. Uh, that's what he's looking for. Now, to make the point uh, uh, clear then, his contentment is even more strange. Um, because when he's considering his fullest joy of departing and being with Christ, um, when he's considering his fullest joy, contentment, right? Fullest joy, it should go together, and he declines. It's not the direction he goes. Um, it's not a contentment that's just focused in, in self, and in self-fulfillment and self-satisfaction. It's just so much of what's in, I think, our natural view of, view of these things. Um, rather, what he opts for is the increasing joy and contentment of others that he's trying to serve. That's awesome. Uh, I want to learn that. Uh, I want God to work these things in me and in us. Um, It's a a simple perspective, really, that this comes from. It's not just that he's concerned about himself or is he concerned about others, but this is Paul's view, that everything is about Jesus. It really is. That everything in history is already about Jesus, and everything that God is doing uh, is for those purposes in the gospel for Christ to be glorified. And Paul's desire is for Christ to be glorified. And so he longs for Christ to be glorified if he dies, right? Honored, magnified in his body, whether by death or, or by life. Um, but uh, uh, but he, he longs for Christ to be glorified not just in himself, but in others. Uh, in this church that he's ministering to, and these people that he's cared for, uh, that Christ would be glorified in them. You see the way he says it, so that, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you. Uh, this, is, this is perspective. Um, it's, it's all about Jesus. And God's always working things for the glory of his Son. And so and that's what we desire, we're always content. Um, even if Paul here are contented, are dead, or alive. Uh, well, if all this seems strange to you, good. I think it should seem strange to us. Uh, it's not, not the way we normally uh, work. Something else is going on here. I hope it's also strangely interesting to you. Be stuff you'd want to know more about and say, what's really going on with Paul? How could these claims make some difference? I hope it's something that eventually becomes strangely familiar uh, to us as well. Um, right, one day every, y'all are young, you're in college, it's fun. One day everyone in this room will have, uh, will have lived out their years, right? That's the fullness. I'm not trying to scare you, but time, time passes, right? It's, it's, a, uh, it's a helpful thing every once in a while to take a trip to the retirement home. Uh, talk to some people that have been around for a few more years and have less on the, the end of the uh, timeline than they, than they do on the front side. Um, 
And I long for you as long for y'all as those days approach uh, for you to be reaching them in contentment. As death and life even seems to hang in the in the battle in the balance. But even then there'd be a joy in the gospel for you. I want to remind you as well that, that these things, that these are things that Paul says are, are learned, right? We don't just start off knowing them. So ask more questions about it. Uh, can these things be? What does Jesus complain? But also, also practice them. Uh, Paul's concern is for Christ, and so he's content. Um, <clears throat> listen to what Jesus teaches, what he offers, what he's done. And as, you, as you see him and, and begin to love him and live for his glory, in the small things, uh, in, in the bigger things. Um, and if you do so, you'll find a strange contentment impacting both your good days and your bad days, and all the days in between.